Amen. Let's lift our hands all across the house right now. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I worship you. Hallelujah. Just tap in right now to the Holy Ghost. God, would you begin to move upon us? God, don't let me get in a big rush and in a big hurry and just go through the motions of a service. But God, let me take some time to reflect on your goodness. Let me take some time and reflect on the good things that God has done in my life. And thank God, amen, that he's not finished yet. He's still working. He's still moving. He's still changing lives. He, he's still doing new things. Amen. I believe that tonight there can be new beginnings. I believe that tonight, amen, there can be new souls baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of their sins. We can see new souls filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm so thankful to be in church tonight. Give honor to Brother Bradford. Give honor to this church. Amen. I want to read something to you. Before I preach, I just want to read something really quick. It says this. A saint. Everybody say a saint. A saint is made in moments through the new birth. However, it takes decades to make a pillar. Faithfulness through trials, disappointments, and struggles, yet faithful. Maybe not musically talented or demonstrative in worship, but faithful day in and day out. Week in and week out, their giving envelope is in the basket, their hands are raised in worship, the gentle of their nod of their head during preaching. Strong churches were built on meager incomes and people with hardworking blue-collar jobs putting the church first. They were there for revivals, camp meetings, Bible classes, Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek church. Throughout the years, they helped take care of the property. They worked in the kitchen. They just served. They made strong churches. They never asked for any acknowledgments or praise. They just did it unto the Lord. They rarely called their pastor. They weren't very apt to testify, but their presence testified. And when they missed church, they were truly missed. And when they were gone, they were truly missed. And at times in the epistles, you will find names, which we have no idea who they are, what they did. But their handprints are on the apostles, and their legacy and the heritage of the Lord is greatly upon their life. Tonight, I'm thankful for the pillars of the church. This building here is not lifted up just by these pillars we see, but by pillars of those that prayed and fasted for revival, for those that gave to the church, for those that sacrificed for many, many years. We have a church today. Thank God for the pillars that held on to the truth. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the pillars. You have your Bibles with you. Let's read from the book of Luke, chapter 15, verses 3 through verse 7. Don't want to take a very long time tonight. We'll be pretty straightforward here. Luke, chapter 15, verses 3 through 7. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. He said, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness? and go after that which is lost until he find it. Tonight I want to title my message, Here Comes the Shepherd. 
here comes the shepherd. If you would, let's lift our hands and let's ask God to be with us for the remainder of this service. Uh, Lord, tonight, God, would you move upon us, God? Would you speak to our hearts, God? Would you confirm your word, God, with miracles and signs and wonders? God, let the Holy Ghost break out tonight, God. We need a move of the Spirit in this place tonight, God. Shake us, Lord, and let there be a move of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, one more time. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voice. Let's lift our hearts to the great and mighty God, Jesus Christ. God bless you. You may be seated. Bo Birdall was a United States soldier who entered worldwide spotlight after he went missing and was captured by Taliban forces in Afghanistan in the year of 2009. In 2009, Bo Birdall enlisted in the Army and graduated from infantry school in Fort Banning, Georgia. He was then deployed to Afghanistan in May of 2009. He was sent to Afghanistan to combat rebel operations. He quickly began to become disappointed in the war. He started emailing his parents and telling them that he was ashamed to be an American and that he was growing weary of the battle. He was growing weary of his daily duties. He was growing weary of everything that he was being asked to do as a United States soldier. And on the night of June 30th of 2009, this soldier, Bo Birdall, made the decision to leave his battalion in the middle of the night. And in the morning when his fellow soldiers realized that he was missing, they immediately notified their leaders and the news of a missing United States soldier quickly began to spread around their base and up the chain of command and to all armed forces that were stationed in Afghanistan and in surrounding areas. And the message was this, there is a missing United States soldier in an enemy's war zone. The search and recovery operations for this lost soldier lasted officially for 45 days. But the first couple of weeks were the most frantic of them all. The search for this missing soldier became so enormous by the end of the same day, word went out from headquarters that every operation will cease until this missing soldier has been found. All energy and all resources would be set to the side and focus on the search for this lost United States soldier. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what your title was. It didn't matter what your mission at the time was. You could have been right on the trail of Osama bin Laden. But at this point, everything was set to the side. The table was cleared so that they could go after that one lost soldier. The search and recovery effort got to the point where sleep became a distant reality. Soldiers were looking for this lost man 24 hours a day, seven days a week, doing nothing but searching for a man who many thought had left on his own will. They knew that he wasn't fitting in, and they knew that he didn't want to be there. Conditions for this search and rescue operation became dreadful. And all their gear could weigh anywhere from 60 to 100 pounds. And the temperatures in the hot deserts of Afghanistan could get as hot as 110 degrees and upwards at times. And as the days went on, their t-shirts began to shred. Their socks began to rot. They were pulling out all the stops, doing their very best. And sores were all over their skin. And they could only wash themselves with wipes and with bottled water if it was available. Anything they had available 
available to help with the search. They had it. They had planes. They had drones. They had helicopters, interpreters, elite special forces. We see a picture here of the greatest military in the world giving everything they have, their very best effort, all their expertise and technologies just to look for one missing soldier. And in the midst of this search, many of the soldiers believed that this man, Bo Birdall, had deserted his post and this was all his own doing and this was all his own fault. And now they're going through all this danger after someone who many felt wasn't even worth the effort. And although they didn't understand why they had to search day in and day out, they were not acting upon their feelings. They were not acting upon their emotions. They were not acting upon their own judgments. But tonight I want to preach to you that they were going all out on this search and rescue mission because of a ground floor principle of the United States Army which was set in place before they ever got there which says this no soldier will ever get left behind in the middle of a war zone and tonight I've not come to preach to you about Bo Birdall but I've come to preach to a lost soul that feels trapped in the clutches of death tonight God has not forgotten where you are and God is searching for you and God wants to save you and God wants to rescue you. God wants to pull you up out of where you're at. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm preaching to a lost soul tonight. God loves you. God paid the price for you. He wants you to be saved. He hasn't brought you this far to leave you, but he wants to deliver you. Oh, come on. Let's spend about 45 seconds right now thanking the Lord for his mercy that endures forever. Come on, there's a lost soul in the house. God's reaching for you. He's reaching for you with both hands tonight to pull you out of the deep miry clay, to pull you out of degradation, pull you out of sin, pull you out of brokenness. God wants to pull you out. Somebody give God praise. You may be seated. God hasn't forgotten where you are. God knows your struggles. God knows your tears in the midnight hour. God knows your thoughts of giving up. God knows your thoughts of giving in. God knows your thoughts of giving out. God knows exactly where you are, and he's searching for you. Genesis 3, 7 through 10, after the fall of man, it says, Then the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God wants to ask you a question tonight. Where are you? Not where have you been, not what's happened, but where are you? This question was not the question of an angry God, but it was the question of a heartfelt cry of a broken father. God knew exactly where they were, but he also knew the separation that had now been made between him and his creation. A separation that he himself would have to bridge. The question, where are you, was meant to show Adam that he was lost. The question, where are you, was meant to lead Adam to confess and forsake his sin. The question, where are you, was meant to express God's love over Adam's lost condition. The question, where are you, was meant to show that God seeks after that which is lost. The question, where are you, is God coming to them with truth, showing them their lost condition. 
as they come to the music tonight, I've got a question for you. Where are you? God wants to save you tonight. God wants to rescue you tonight. God wants to set you free. God wants to break the chains. God wants to do a new thing in your life. I want to preach to somebody you feel unlovable. Jesus still loves you. I want to talk to somebody tonight you feel like you're in too deep. We serve a God that specializes in rescue missions. We serve a God that's the host of heaven's armies. He's the Amen. He's got the angels of the Lord on your trail to rescue you. As we all stand, Luke chapter 15 talks about the parable of the lost sheep, a sheep that left the fold, a sheep that went the wrong direction, a sheep that somehow when everybody else came back, he wasn't with them. A sheep that could not return on his own will. But here comes the shepherd. A shepherd that's willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. A shepherd that was willing to search and to seek after just one lost sheep. Too many, that may have been a waste of time. Maybe he could have just been confident that he still had 99 sheep available. But for that lost sheep, what did it mean to you? When you began to hear the footsteps coming down the trail. And you look up and you see the face of your shepherd. And you hear the voice of the shepherd and he's coming to rescue you. I don't know about you but I was that lost sheep with my legs stuck under a rock surrounded by a pack of wolves with no way to defend myself with no way to rescue myself and when I was at the end of the rope with no way out, here comes the shepherd somebody tonight you're ready to give up here comes the shepherd to lift you up, to encourage you to wrap you in his arms of love and to restore you Come on, let's lift up our voice all across this house. Here comes the shepherd. Here comes the shepherd. Lost soul, I've got good news for you. You may be trapped. You may be wounded. Here comes the shepherd. You may be surrounded by a pack of wolves that wants to tear you to shreds. But here comes the shepherd. I'll end with this. It was a few years ago, maybe six years ago now. Maybe six, five or six years ago, I was working with a guy. Uh, got out of jail, I was living in the men's home, and I was working with him, spending a lot of time with him, trying to help him out. And uh, he had a lot of problems in his life with his wife and situations, and it's just not good. And he was a very suicidal man. To him, his life really didn't mean anything to him. He, he said, I'll, I'll kill you, I'll kill myself, it doesn't matter. He didn't have a lot of value placed on life. And I remember uh, after service one Sunday morning, I looked for him, and I can't find him. And he was supposed to go to the discipleship class, so I reached out to Brother Nate Reese, and I said, hey, did you see where he went? He said, I don't know, he just got up and left. Just got up and left, I'm not sure what happened. And I got home, my phone was dead, I charged it up and I had a voicemail of this guy was cussing me out on the phone. And I just thought, well, I don't know what happened. But the reason was, he was trying to get into church to get his marriage put back together. And he got a call from his wife that she was leaving him, that she was moving out of state and that he would never see her again. So in his mind, he was ready to just give it all up. And I was living at that time off of Stockdale Highway and I said, you know, I know the way this guy is. I know what he's capable of. I've heard him talk about these kind of things. I need to go look for him. I don't know where he's at. I'm trying to call him. Honestly, I have no way to find him. It's just a mystery to me. But I said, you know, I'm going to go look for him. And I start driving down the road. I said, God, I'm just going to drive until I find him. I don't know where to look. And from the church where he left to my house off of Stockdale, there was a lot of space. I said, I'll just start driving. And I remember I went down the street, and I turned right on Oak Street. I went over the bridge, and I turned left onto California, going right in front of BHS High School. And as I was going in front of BHS High School from the right side of the road, I looked over at the corner of my eye, and I saw somebody moving behind a bush. And I went up to the light. I made a U-turn, rolled my window down a little bit, and I began to call his name. 
I began to call his name as loud as I could with my window cracked. And he looked up from where he was, and he was shocked. His face turned white. He was scared. He didn't know what was going on. He stands up, and he says, how did you find me? I said, I don't know, but get in the car, and let's talk. And he said, you know what? He said, if you would have showed up five minutes later, he said, I had enough heroin ready to take my own life. He said, you would have found my dead body behind that bush. I can't tell you today how I found him. I don't know how that all worked, but I can tell you this. There's a shepherd that goes after those lost sheep to save them at the very last moment. Somebody tonight should step out. You should step out from where you are because there's a shepherd that's reaching for you tonight. There's a God that loves you. Is there anybody that would make a move from your seat to the front and reach out to the shepherd? A shepherd that doesn't want to harm you, but a shepherd that wants to wrap you up in his arms of love and save you, comfort you, strengthen you. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, somebody. Reach for the shepherd tonight. The shepherd knows you by name. The shepherd knows the past. The shepherd knows the pain. The shepherd knows the hurts. Here comes the shepherd. Oh, come on. Let's lift our voice all around this house. Let's find a sheep somewhere. There's some lost sheep in this house. Why don't you wrap your arm around somebody? I'm here on behalf of the shepherd. I'm here on behalf of the shepherd to encourage you, brother. You're never going to go through it alone. You're going to go through some battles, but you've got brothers and you've got sisters and you've got a shepherd. You've got a shepherd. You've got a shepherd.
praise God, the tendency might be to focus on one area. Please don't do that. Look around you. There's people praying all over the building. Let's not focus just on one general area, but look at somebody next to you that's reaching out to God. Hallelujah. He's a shepherd that knows exactly what we need. He knows how to take us to the water. If you're thirsty, <laughs> there's a shepherd that knows how to lead you to the waters. Praise God. He knows how to put ointment and salve around the eyes to keep the flies from irritating. If you're irritated, there's a shepherd. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let him lead you. Let him lead you for a few moments tonight.
lift up your voice. Let's praise the Lord together. People seeking the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. We praise you. We magnify you. That's it. Lift up your hands all over the sanctuary. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Lord, pour out your spirit. Hallelujah. You give it to us as a gift, and we open our heart to you. thankful for the victory that he and only he brings. Praise God. Why don't we thank him together? Lord, we thank you. 
praise God. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While people are continuing to pray, amen, we're going to baptize Leilani Flores. So if you're connected to her, you want to come up here in the front family if you would like to. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You're going to come on. There you go. Perfect, sis. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You're doing good. Amen. She received the Holy Ghost last week and this week. I'm going to baptize her in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. I'm thankful that God pours out his spirit, his anointing upon all flesh. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. God gives to us a gift that is precious, that we value, that we're so very thankful for. Amen. We want to pray that God continues to direct and guide her life every step that she takes. Let's do that together. Lord, we thank you and praise you. I ask that you would touch Leilani, that you would direct her. I thank you for your ability and your strength, and we feel your power and your anointing in this place. Amen. I pray that this is a milestone, a watermark in her life that she never, ever forgets. Praise God. Your ability and strength that you pour out, I pray that it continues to direct and guide, mold, and shape, and use her in the kingdom of God for your glory and for your honor. We thank you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. It's good to see all the family that is gathered together. She's not quite too sure about this water and what's happening. But she knows this, that it is a necessity to be baptized in a name that's above every name. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And so putting aside every fear, amen, there's something that is greater that helps us walk through all of those situations in life. And so we're thankful for the name that's above every name. So it's good to see all the family that is here. Amen. God bless you all. Praise God. Amen. Just like that. All righty. Leilani Sky Flores, we baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. 